what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. We have leadership in Washington that placed their hands on the Bible and took an oath to defend the Constitution of the United States and to keep our country safe. And ever since they took that oath of office and got in there, they've done everything they can to destroy this country. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. If you have your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me to the book of 2 Kings? And while you're turning there, for those of you that are in the Smithfield, Selma area, listening by radio, I'm going to be over at Tees Chapel, Free Will Baptist Church in Smithfield, September the 26th through the 30th. The Sunday night service will start at 6 o'clock. Monday through Thursday night will be at 7 o'clock. Come on out and take part of the service. We'd love to have you. Second Kings chapter 19, beginning in verse 1. And it came to pass, when King Hezekiah heard it, that he rent his clothes and covered himself with sackcloth and went into the house of the Lord. And he sent Eliakim, which was over the household, and Shebna, the scribe, and the elders of the priest, covered with sackcloth, to Isaiah, the prophet, the son of Amos. And he said unto them, Thus saith Hezekiah, This day is a day of trouble, and of rebuke, and blasphemy. For the children are come to the birth, and there is not strength to bring forth. When Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came against the southern kingdom of Israel the first time, Hezekiah brokered a compromise and gave them $20 million worth of silver and gold, which he stripped from the doors and the pillars of the temple of God. The temple of God, the house of God, suffered much damage, ladies and gentlemen, because of compromise. He gave it to the king of Assyria, and evidence is that Sennacherib went back to Nineveh, but only for a short period of time. He found out that Hezekiah sent ambassadors down to Egypt with camels loaded down with riches to form an alliance. He looked at that as treason, and so he gathered the armies of Assyria against Jerusalem once again. And this time, ladies and gentlemen, silver and gold would not satisfy. They're out for blood. His top man, Rabshakeh, who is the chief of the captains of the army of Assyria, 
steps forward with a loud voice and tells the people that they are there because of their dependence upon Egypt and they're aligning themselves to rebel against Assyria. We are going to destroy this place, he said. Don't listen to Hezekiah. The Lord is not going to help you. You have offended God because you have taken down all of the high places. You've listened to Hezekiah and he's told you to come and worship at one altar in Jerusalem. And Hezekiah was exactly right in all that he did. He had not offended God. But he was using that to put doubt in the minds of the people. And that's the way Satan works. He comes at you and he tells you that you've offended God. You've done this. You've done that. God is not going to help you. And then on top of that, he said, I have come to destroy this place and God has told me to do it. God had told him no such a thing. But the people that sat upon the walls and they heard all of this, he knew exactly what he was doing. He was using psychological warfare, and that's what Satan does when he attacks you. He tries to get into your mind, scare tactics, and... When word came to Hezekiah, the Bible says, if you'll look there in verse 1, Hezekiah, he rent his clothes, covered himself with sackcloth, and went into the house of the Lord. Now this siege lasted for some period of time. And during this time, letters were sent from Rabshakeh to King Hezekiah. And if you look down in verse 14, 2 Kings 19, verse 14, Hezekiah received the letter of the hand of the messengers and read it. And again, notice what Hezekiah did. He went up into the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. Glory to God. When the devil hits you, you need to take all of that junk and you need to spread it before the Lord. Glory to God. Whenever the devil hits you and it looks like everything is going downhill, it looks like he's got the upper hand, when it looks like you ain't going to make it, you need to take all of that and you need to spread it right before the Lord. You need to take your problem, make your problem his problem. Let me say this. When you make God's problem your problem, God will make your problem his problem. Well, let me tell you this. God ain't got no problem. God ain't got no problem. He's asked of us to do one thing, and that's preach the gospel. To take this gospel of Jesus Christ to this lost and dying world, that's God's problem. 
And when you make his problem your problem, you say, well, Brother James, I can't preach. Well, you can support those who do. Glory to God. You can do something for the work of God. And when you make God's problem your problem, he'll take your problem, make it his, if you'll spread it before him. Now, what was he doing? 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6. The Bible says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Hezekiah was one of the godliest kings to ever sit upon the throne of the southern kingdom of Israel. And all the things that he did, and I'm not going to go into all of that. You can listen to past sermons. But he did a lot of things for the work of God. A lot of reformation took place in the southern kingdom and revival broke out. And you look at all the things that he did. He was a godly king. But looking at this man, you would never know that he had a problem with pride. But the Holy Spirit brings it out. The Holy Spirit bears it out. If you look in Second Chronicles 32, verse 25, Hezekiah rendered not again according to the benefit done unto him, for his heart was lifted up. Here is a man that was so blessed by God that he allowed those blessings to become a curse. How many of you know people that have been so blessed, but instead of using that blessing to bless God and the work of God, they've taken that money and they've used it for other things. They've gone out and bought a camper, or they've bought a boat, or they've bought a house down at the beach, and now you don't see them in the house of God anymore on the weekend because they're always down at the coast or up in the mountains or at the lake or doing something else. They've allowed the blessings of God to become a curse. And Hezekiah began to think that all of these blessings was because of his doing. That's pride. And God cannot stand pride, ladies and gentlemen. The Bible said, therefore, the wrath was upon him and upon Judah and Jerusalem. God cannot stand pride. It goes all the way back. Pride is the crowning sin that started it all with Lucifer way back in the beginning when he rebelled against God. God didn't put up with it then. He's not going to put up with it today, and especially among his children. Proverbs 16, verse 18, Bible said, Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. This is the reason why the Assyrians came up and attacked Jerusalem. Pride. God knows what to do to get your attention. Now, here's the question. Why did it take Hezekiah so long for him to turn to God? Why did it take so long? Well, let's flip it around. Let me ask you that question. Why did it take you so long 
to turn to God. So you would think that after that first invasion when they came in and took all the fenced cities of Judah, that Hezekiah would have humbled himself and, and, and gone before the Lord then. But instead of turning to God, instead of going to church, he went to Egypt. See, today you would think that in the midst of all of this coronavirus pandemic, that people would turn to God. You would think that the church house would be full with thousands of people dying all around us every day. You would think the church house would be full. But this is the thing. Don't go to church, you might get COVID. But yet they'll go to the mountains, they'll go to the beach, they'll go to Walmart, they'll go to ball games, and don't think a thing about it. And here we have, we provided the ability for people to pull up in the parking lot and sit out there and listen to the service outside, not even get out of the car. And today, here in America, less than 45% of the American public is going to church because of COVID. It's an excuse because a spirit of backsliding has come into the church. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. Let no man deceive you by any means. When you turn on your television set at 6 o'clock at night and you watch CNN or ABC or CBS or any of the mainstream media, you're opening yourself up to be deceived. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come. What day is that? The coming of the Lord. The rise of the Antichrist. That day shall not come except there come a falling away first. A falling away. A falling away from the church. There were people that were coming to this church before COVID hit that are not here today. Falling away. 1 Timothy 4. Verse 1, now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Just like in the days of Hezekiah, when the Assyrians launched an all-out attack against Jerusalem. Understand this today. All the forces of hell have launched an all-out attack against the church. And there's not a person in this room, there's not a person listening by radio in the parking lot or wherever you're getting this this morning, there's not a person under the sound of my voice today that's exempt from these attacks. Let me tell you what the Scripture says. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 12. Paul said, Wherefore, 
Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. None of us are exempt from this spirit of backsliding. And it's coming into the church. God forbid that there be one among us today that are here this week but not here next week because they backslid. Now, if you're going on vacation or whatever, something that's different. But God forbid you be succumbed by that spirit of backsliding, and here we are so close to the coming of the Lord. Hezekiah, not only does he go to the Lord and he lays it all out before the Lord, but he sends word to Isaiah, 2 Kings 19, verse 3. And he said, This day is a day of trouble and of rebuke and blasphemy. How fitting for that day. But also how fitting for today. What do you mean, Brother James? Today is a day of blasphemy. It's a day of blasphemy because the Assyrian leadership vowed to destroy Jerusalem and said that God told them to do it. That's blasphemy. Anytime something is done, anything evil is done in the name of the Lord, that's blasphemy. We've come to destroy this place, and God told us to do it. Today, let me bring it on up to today. We have leadership in Washington right now that placed their hands on the Bible and took an oath to defend the Constitution of the United States and to keep our country safe. And ever since they took that oath of office and got in there, they've done everything they can to destroy this country. And that is blasphemy. When executive orders are signed to kill babies and illegals are able to come in and just get more rights and freedoms than you do. See, right now, they're pushing the American public to take the shot, that vaccine shot. Now, that is your business. If you want to take that shot, that is your business. But don't make your brother or sister take it because you did. Everybody needs to have the freedom and the choice to take the shot or not take the shot. But they are pushing for everybody to take the shot. But at the same time, our borders are left wide open. Let people come in. They ain't checking them for COVID. Ain't pushing no shot. Ain't doing nothing. Why ain't they shutting down the border and stop these people from coming in here? Oh, good grace of mercy. Let me move on. A day of blasphemy. A day of rebuke. God allowed the Assyrian army to come against Jerusalem as chastisement to get their attention. That first round, that first invasion, they all should have went to the house of God and turned to God, but they didn't.
They went to Egypt where there was no help. And God allowed all of this. It was chastisement. It was rebuke. It was done to get their attention. Let me tell you this. COVID-19 is a rebuke and chastisement from God upon our country. God's allowed it to get our attention. And the church has not responded appropriately. Instead of us going to church and getting on our faces before God, we compromised and did what the government said do. And a lot of churches shut down their doors and they still ain't open yet. They've gone into financial trouble and probably won't open their doors anymore. Compromise. A day of rebuke. A time of chastisement. And let me tell you this, all of this is a test and when you don't go through the test right the first time, God sends it right back around again. How many of you found yourself going around in circles? Am I the only one? Okay. I've seen some of you going around in circles too. When you don't learn that lesson the first time, God brings it back around again. God forbid that COVID comes back around a second time under the Biden administration. Are you listening to me? He that has an ear, let him hear. We didn't fall on our faces and seek God during round one. What's it going to take? A time of trouble, a day of trouble. Jerusalem was in trouble of being taken over by the enemy of Assyria. And today, America is in trouble of being taken over by the enemy of communism. A day of blasphemy, a day of rebuke, a day of trouble. And then he makes a statement that's very odd. 2 Kings 19, verse 3, For the children are come to the birth, and there is not strength to bring forth. This particular verse of Scripture really jumped out at me, and it gripped my heart. And for several days, I sought the Lord as to what he was trying to say, Lord, what is it that you want me to convey to the people? And as the Lord began to give it to me, I began to write it down. And I want to read it to you this morning because I don't want to leave anything out. For the children are come to the birth, and there is not strength to bring forth. This presents a dire situation. If the mother is not delivered, both mother and child will die. That's how serious the situation is. That's how serious the situation is that we're in today, ladies and gentlemen. Hezekiah did all that he could do to prepare Jerusalem and the people to be saved. But when the time came, 
they didn't have the strength within themselves to be delivered. If deliverance was to come, they'd have to believe God. Today, God has done all that He can do to save mankind through and by what Jesus Christ did for us at the cross. We're being attacked by the enemy on every side. Within ourselves, we don't have the strength to be delivered, so we too will have to believe God. The contractions for multiple millions of people to be born again has already started. The church, within its own strength and ability, is pushing fads and schemes as hard as it can. But there's no strength in those things to deliver. If the children are to be born, we'll have to believe God for the strength of the Holy Spirit to do it. A time of great harvest is upon us, ladies and gentlemen. The children are coming to the birth. And if we'll keep our faith in the finished work of Christ, the strength of the Spirit will be available to us to deliver them. Glory to God. today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And every Sunday morning, we have Sunday school starting at 9 o'clock and worship service at 10, as well as Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are broadcast to the parking lot for those of you who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.